What's up, everyone, and welcome to the My VV Collection podcast, where we talk VV, NFTs, and so much more. Let's get into today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about purchasing collectibles in the aftermarket. What you need to know, because this is likely what you're going to need to do in order to get collectibles is drops are getting harder and harder. So knowing these things is going to help you get that collectible in the aftermarket. Let's get into it. So I've got four things that I want to get into in this video talking about purchasing in the aftermarket. And a lot of these tips have to do with purchasing immediately when that market opens after a drop. Usually it's about half an hour. Usually it's a little bit more. And when people are getting their drops delivered, those that actually got the drop and those that are wanting to flip right away and are posting them in the aftermarket right away for people to pick up. A lot of these tips have to do with that point in time, immediately when they're coming to that aftermarket and you're trying to get in and maybe hours after. It is important to note that not everybody has their collectible that got in on the drop immediately when that market reopens. There's usually just a percentage of them that get their drop and when that market reopens are able to actually list it. That means that there could be more people wanting to sell that collectible that they got on the drop immediately when the market opens, but they don't have it yet. So they have to wait to be able to list it. Yet our demand is likely going to be consistent. Those that want to purchase them in the aftermarket. So with the supply being really low, being that not everybody has their collectible that they got on the drop delivered to them just yet, and the demand being high and not fulfilled at this point, when that market immediately opens, those prices are typically really inflated. So it's important to note that if it's a collectible that you're wanting to get into. And this brings me to my very first point, and that's don't panic purchase in that aftermarket when you see the collectible right away. It can be difficult when you get into that aftermarket and you see it immediately open after that half an hour, wait after that drop, and you see the collectible and it's a price that you wanna get it at, and you see the collectible and the price keeps going up and up and up as more and more people are listing into the app. That doesn't mean it's gonna stay like that, and you're always going to have dips in the VV market through the short term and into the long term where you might actually get that collectible at a better price. But when it comes to the immediate short term, this is something that you can set a price prediction for, set a game plan for, and stick to that. In the mid to longer term, it's a little bit more difficult because we're not only investing into the collectible, we're also investing into Vivi itself. There could be many things that happen to Vivi, to the collectibles, is so many different variables that we can't necessarily predict a mid to long term price prediction for these collectibles. We can guess, but it's not quite a great price prediction. But in the immediate short term, we can definitely set a price prediction by looking at the market of collectibles that are similar to the one that dropped and being able to judge what that collectible that dropped, what's its popularity in comparison, what's its FA, FE status in comparison, and to be able to set a price prediction based on that. It's a pretty safe way to go about judging whether or not when that market opens if that collectible is overpriced or underpriced. If it's overpriced, you're likely going to want to wait and see it settle out, which we typically do hours after a drop. And that's the importance of setting a price prediction and creating a game plan for a collectible once it's dropped and when that aftermarket opens. Now, when it comes to comparing collectibles and when it comes to actually watching a collectible that you want to purchase immediately in the aftermarket, it's important to take a look at the floor price 
but to be able to see the prices immediately after that floor price. So as there's volatility in that market or even afterwards, well into the future, when people are trying to offload their collectibles to get in on a drop, you're gonna see the floor price and then the listings after that floor price are either going to be fairly consistent with that floor price, a few percentage points off of that floor price for the remainder of the collectibles in a long list, or you're going to see a major jump in that floor price. And when judging a collectible, when you have time, maybe not immediately in that aftermarket, but perhaps days after, or even collectibles that you've got your eyes on, when you see the floor price of that initial collectible, and then you see a major jump to other collectibles with that floor price, it's a good bet that that collectible is actually priced really well, and it might be a good chance to be able to pick that one up at a discount, especially when that next jump to the floor price is greater than 10%. And I say 10% because of the 8.5% fee that you pay to be able to sell a collectible. So if you see that, that might be a good chance to get in on that collectible. Let me say that again. If you see a major jump from that initial floor price to the ones below it, that initial one might be a really good one to get in on. Which brings me to my next point, and immediately in that aftermarket, you may not be able to kind of take your time and be able to see that, and you may not be able to actually get that initial one that is listed as the floor price. These collectibles immediately after the drop get picked up so fast and I've never been able to pick up a collectible in that first few listings, being the cheapest of those listings, immediately after the drop. What I've found works best is to actually choose a listing a little bit further down that list, at least more than five below that initial listing, and wait for the perfect time to be able to pick that one up. What you might see is that you have a list of collectibles all within a few gems worth. And when you refresh and you see that, people are likely going for the ones at the very top of the list, but fewer are going for the ones closer to the middle of that initial page. And those are the ones that you want to go for. Even if it is, say, 5% more than that floor price, it still could be a very good pickup as long as it fits within your price prediction and game plan. I've used this strategy and I've picked up collectibles that I was able to resell at a greater value because of this. And though I could have made maybe 2%, 3%, maybe 5% more by picking up that initial collectible that was available in that aftermarket on that same list, that I picked up the fifth or sixth one down from, I probably wouldn't actually have been able to pick up that one. It just go too fast and it's just too hard to pick them up. So what I do is I wait for the right time and I pick up that collectible that's fifth, sixth, seventh down that list, especially when it's close to that floor price and especially when it fits within my price prediction and my game plan. And finally, this fourth one goes for both buying and selling using VV. And this is very specific to those collectibles that are more than 1,000. The reason being is that if you list your collectible or you see a collectible listed for, let's say, 1.9, and the next collectible after that is 2.0 thousand gems, that 1.9 might be 1,099 gems. It doesn't get rounded up, but that next listing might be just one gem more. And I say this because you might be better off perhaps purchasing that second listing because collectibles that are dropped with common all the way to secret rare, you definitely find that the commons, the uncommons, the rares go really quickly. After that, the ultra rares and the secret rares, they go a lot slower. But if you're able to notice, 
perhaps a few listings in that 1.0 range. And then after that, you start to see 1.1s. You might be better off just to go for that 1.1 because those 1.0s might just be one gem less, even though it looks like almost 100 gems less. When you're in a rush, it might be difficult to compare this because you'd have to go into each and every collectible to see the actual gem amounts. But in that initial page, you only see that one point in whatever that is for the amount of gems it is. You can also use this to your advantage if you're wanting to flip right away. You could see the floor price, see where it's at, and see if you can go one gem lower than them to be able to show in that initial listing that yours almost appears to be 100 gems less, which will cause somebody to maybe panic purchase into yours, being that yours might be the floor price for that and still only undercut that next person by one gem. So that's a good thing to know for both buying and selling with Vivi. That's all I got for you today, purchasing and selling tips with Vivi. There's four of them there. If Thank you for listening to today's episode of the My Vivi Collection podcast. Please follow this podcast if you are not already and leave us a rating and review where you can. You can find us further at My Vivi Collection on Twitter and Instagram and MJP My Vivi Collection on YouTube. We will catch you next week.